0: Okay, I'm recording now and I'm not stopping.
1: All right. This podcast stops for no person. Exactly. I didn't rewatch anything, but I did ha- I did end up re-listening to Don't Stop Believe and join my run this morning.
0: Nice, nice. Also good for you for doing a run this morning. That's yes. more than I'm going to do.
1: I run on Sundays and Wednesdays because I don't work in the morning. <laughs> so I've, I've started talking to a mortgage broker about getting me out into my own place
0: nice nice
1: and I, t- I told her i'd be available between nine and noon and so like she called me at 11 and we talked about some stuff and i'd like she told me that some stuff i need to send her you yeah, yeah, personal information um and then she said i'll let you go though because i don't i'll let you have time to get eat lunch and get ready for work and i'm like yeah gotta work <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is not yet a job
0: <laughs> not yet <laughs> I feel like I'll be able to say that I'm, like, a podcaster professionally when I start, like, deducting it on my taxes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Alright, let's count them. Ye. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Now, no one actually checked to see who started, did they?
0: <laughs> well, it's an even episode,
1: so you start. Oh, hey, because of uh, some kind of monomic device that I forgot. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff this show Tanner and Christina gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me Loser Like Me Hey everybody, welcome to Loser Like Me, it's a podcast for Glee! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess I'll start then. Uh, hi, my name's Christina, and I haven't stopped believing, in fact.
1: Hi, I'm Tanner, and you know, at the start of this year, I was just another football player.
0: <laughs> That's a lie, you've never played a organized sport in your life.
1: <laughs> I played baseball in elementary school. I was in one season, uh, and I hit the ball once, (laughs) I only joined because my best friend was on the team.
0: Nice. I feel like if you're young enough to the point where, like, sitting down on the playing field and, like, picking grass is a valid thing for you to do during a game, you can't really count it as, like, an organized sport. It's more like you just kind of got plopped over there and, like, parents are like, yep, go play soccer, go play basketball, (laughs) I don't know, go do kids golf or something, go play mini golf.
1: Kids of Bob Sports.
0: Let's come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's entertain this concept later. <laughs> All
1: right. So today we're watching season one, episode twenty-two.
0: Yes, Journey to Regionals, but also apparently mostly just called Journey,
1: depending on like region and date and dvd Mm -hmm. i know that the season one volume two dvd was called journey to regionals because Mm -hmm. the first season was so popular that they rushed that dvd out before they had even like filmed very Mm -hmm. many episodes of season one back half
0: yeah i think that's the dvd that i have i'm pretty sure i have the dvd of journey to regionals which is like the front 13 yeah
1: who the hell is gonna buy a dvd that only has nine episodes on it In this economy? I don't know. Not even in this economy. In an economy 10 years ago.
0: In the economy of 2010. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have that DVD.
1: I'm pulling up the spreadsheet to see who's responsible for this.
0: Written and directed by Brad Falchuk. It's a Brad one.
1: It's Brad. It's all Brad here. It aired on June 8th, 2010.
0: Yes, all Brad all day.
1: But it took place sometime in March. Based based (laughs) on future evidence, it takes place sometime in March.
0: Yes, approximately. Maybe early April at a stretch, but probably in March. Even though the fact that they knew that this episode would be airing sometime in June affected probably a lot of the writing, I would say.
1: Yeah. Hey, kids, enjoy your summer. That starts three months from now.
0: Yes, enjoy your California summer when you leave set today. In Ohio. In Ohio.
1: It's those Ohio Chinooks. (laughs) This episode starts off with a recap, which basically says, why the fuck haven't you been watching Glee this season, you bastard?
0: Yes, this episode tries to shame you into going back and re-watching all of Glee before watching this episode of Glee.
1: <laughs> the episode of Glee that shames you into starting a Glee recap and rewatch podcast.
0: Well, check that one off, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it truly starts with Sue coming up behind Will and she's like, Hey, Schuster, I'm going to be a judge at uh, regionals this week, so
0: suffer. Mm -hmm. Will then goes to yell at Principal Figgins as if Figgins has any say in how this is being handled.
1: And he says as much.
0: Yeah, he's like, Will, I can't do anything about this. If you are concerned, you should go talk to the show choir governing board. The Galactic Show Choir Authority. Yes, the Empire of Show Choir. You have to go talk to them and point out the... Oh gosh, what's the... Conflict of Interest? Conflict of Interest, yes, thank you. You should go tell them about the conflict of interest of someone from a high school judging the show choir of that high school.
1: Yeah, which you'd think that they'd be biased towards.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but this is Glee, so there is only a vengeance.
1: But yeah, Sue gets to be judged because they picked a theme of Celebrity Judges. Mm -hmm. Which they will then proceed to have that same theme going forward through every iteration of choir competitions for the rest of the show. And sometimes they're celebrities, sometimes they're celebrities. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes they mix it up a bit.
0: Yeah, Glee figured out that, hey, this is a really easy way for us to get cameos in and then to draw in more people watching. Because people will be like, oh, there's a celebrity that I recognize and they're in this episode of Glee. I guess I'll tune in tonight.
1: Yeah, I know definitely in the later seasons they'd be like, here's someone who sounds like they could be a celebrity. Here's someone who really is a celebrity. And here's some random fuck that we <laughs> we made up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... There's a there's a part in this scene where Sue tells Will, she's like, I keep t- getting distracted by your hair because it looks like a briar patch, and I expect racist Disney characters to pop up out of your hair and start singing songs about living on the bayou.
1: <laughs> yeah, Disney Plus now streaming on Will Schuster's hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but basically, the whole point is, you have to convince, especially Sue Sylvester, how good you are, or else you will perish. Or no, not perish. Convince Sue Sylvester that you deserve to exist for another year or else you're going to be hashtag cancelled.
1: So basically perish.
0: Yes, perish.
1: Uh, then we immediately cut to a flashback.
0: Yeah, it's t- it's mm. time for Sex Under the Sacred Heart of Jesus.
1: We have to get into this. This is a scene that I knew was coming up. But I didn't realize it happened like right at the beginning. <laughs> Let's do an autopsy of this scene. Oh boy! Quinn and Puck making out on Quinn's bed underneath the portrait of Jesus Mm -hmm. and quinn's Mm -hmm. like wait i don't want to do this and puck's like sure you do have another wine cooler yeah and then i go oh
0: yeah and she's like in addition in addition to having concerns about whether or not we should have sex also we are literally doing this cheat on finn who is my boyfriend and your best friend and puck is like do you think any of either of us is going to give a damn about finn in three years and like woof oh harsh yeah retroactively real life harsh
1: yeah but puck's like listen you don't get a medal at the end of life for being good you just die so let's have drunken sex let's have drunk underage sex
0: yeah and then she's like okay last last thing on the checklist do you have protection and she's and he's like don't worry trust me and i'm over here like call back (laughs) yeah the last episode yep Call back to last episode. And before we thankfully cut away, she's like, tell me one more time. And he whispers like, you're not fat into her ear. And listeners put a pin in that. That'll come back later. Yeah. It'll come back later once someone on the writing staff remembers it. Yeah. (laughs) Or Diana Agron points it out, whichever happens first.
1: (laughs) This scene is a pain because I've mentioned before that Mm -hmm. despite Mark Salling being an evil person, I have usually liked Puck as a character, and this throws a fucking wrench into this. Mm-hmm. Because you really have to wonder about the consent of the situation, and it's not looking good.
0: No, no. I would argue that this is, at best, dubious consent.
1: Yeah. The, re- really, the only argument you can make is that, well, Puck is probably also drunk, and so his consent is also iffy, but it,
0: <sighs> And yeah. I'm, tr- I'm, trying
1: not, I'm trying not to forgive horrible things for the sake of a character that I yeah. kind of like. Another factor is just the fact that Glee kind of wants you to forget that this happened.
0: Yeah, in- I was going to say something that I've literally never said before on this podcast. In Puck's defense, this was pre-season one, before character development of any shape or kind.
1: That's true. It's it's just a matter of-
0: It doesn't change the fact that this scene is an inherently shitty thing.
1: It, it is really bad, and yeah. no, nothing, no attempt is made to unpack this. Mm-hmm. Ever over the course of the series.
0: Why am I not surprised?
1: Like, subtract the scene and this episode is like setting you up for the Puck-Quinn endgame. Yep. Kind of, sort of. Mm. And personally, I would like to pretend that the scene never happened because it has so little bearing on the
0: rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Other than
1: just making you feel really uncomfortable about Puck's character.
0: yeah. Which is reasonable.
1: But I also, I don't want to skate by it the same way that Glee does. Like, we, we need yeah. we need to address, at the very least, address that it was not addressed.
0: Yes, we do. The only other note that I have in this scene is that, who oh boy, I don't know when they shot this, but Puck's mohawk looks very fake. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's not canonical. I wonder if they shot this scene during the back nine, because his hair looked like way, like his sides looked too long- to match like the rest of the faux hawk look that he had. Yeah. During the first half of the season. Anyway, good thing turns out it was all a flashback.
1: Yeah, it was all a flashback from Quinn's perspective. So who knows? Maybe, maybe she was misremembering things.
0: <laughs> uh... Anyway, it turns out they're all having a pizza party at Will's apartment because he's trying to rally up Team Spirit while they talk about what their set list is going to be for regionals. But all the kids are just depressed. And my note here is they're picking their set list single digit of weeks before the competition and somewhere, Riley Hopkins is screaming.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Also, you know what else is doing? It's the fact that this high school teacher has brought 12 students to his apartment where he lives alone.
0: Yeah. That's a little bit more sketchy. In his defense, at one there was at least one time when I was in high school when I think we had, I think it was like a Christmas party or something for one of my like acapella ensembles that I was in. And I think we did have that party at our choir teacher's house, but that was also because her daughter was in the ensemble as well. So it was more like she was a parent hosting it and not the teacher.
1: Yeah. That at least makes sense.
0: Yeah. And also, she's not creepy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I was gonna say we know and trust Will Schuster, but no, we we know Will Schuster. I don't know if we trust Will Schuster.
0: No, I in general tend to distrust Will Schuster. Or at least take it with a big grain of salt.
1: (laughs) But yeah, everyone's kind of bummed because they're like, oh, there's no way we can win regionals when Jesse is back with vocal adrenaline and Sue is going to pit the judges against us. Mm-hmm. But Finn is like, come on, guys, we-, we can do this. And then Tina and Rachel just start crying.
0: Yeah, and they're like, when this school year started, I didn't have friends, but now I have friends and Sue Sylvester is going to take them away from me. And Brittany and Santana are like, yeah, she is. She flat out said that in practice. And we're not happy about it, but she did explicitly say that to us.
1: <laughs> yeah uh, and rachel's like mr shu instead of picking a cellist can we just go around in a circle and say what we're thankful for <laughs> <laughs> also i feel like this is rachel's last human moment
0: oh no i i feel like i would like to discount that simply based on the fact the episode the quarterback exists
1: <laughs> you know what that's true well that's the battle if that's a rachel or leah michelle though that's probably leah michelle's last human moment too but we don't have to get into that <laughs>
0: Okay, we'll worry about that when we get there.
1: Yeah. Sorry for being a Leah Michelle
0: hate podcast, but let's not apologize. We're a brutally fair podcast. There's only two kinds
1: of glee podcasts it's a Leah Michelle hate podcast (laughs) and a a podcast that legally cannot say they're a Leah Michelle hate podcast because they're hosted by real celebrities.
0: So that's Jenna and Kevin's, is what I'm hearing. Exactly. (laughs) Gotcha. Anyway, next day at school, Will goes to Emma and he's like, how do I make kids not be depressed? And she's like, give her how back at the end of the pilot episode, I helped you get back into Glee because you were going to go be an accountant or some shit. And I helped get you back into Glee by showing you videos of when you were performing. And he's like, yeah, because I remember what it was like to have fun. And she's like, well, maybe you should get the kids to like, do it for the fun even if they lose it's better to have a good memory than to have a bad memory exactly and like looking back everyone's well my my favorite romantic instrumental is back in the background for this scene but then a mood whiplash <laughs> yeah fucking
1: so will's like uh do you remember what it was like between us and Emma's was mm-hmm. like
0: i'm dating my dentist Uh, yes, she's like, I am dating Carl Howell, who is my dentist. And then Will immediately says,
1: but did you fuck?
0: (laughs) He does. Then Will's like, I would like to retract that word balloon and just, like, stuff it back in my mouth like I'm a comic book character. (laughs) Because he's like, oh my god, I was way out of line. Yeah, William! Congratulations to Will Schuster for having a moment of actual, like, realization during this podcast. (laughs) Emma is like, well, you know what, Will, we did have our shot, and now I'm trying to find someone who makes me happy. My note here is just parentheses. LOL, (laughs) endgame. Also, listeners, keep Carl Howell in the back of your mind for season two. Yep.
1: Also, then Emma tells Will that they did not fuck, and my note there is just, Emma, you don't have to tell him!
0: Yeah. It's it's that kind of thing that, like, would not be disclosed unless these two were in fact endgame so yeah yeah
1: will doesn't deserve emma
0: no no he doesn't
1: will Schuster deserves nothing
0: i won't say that he deserves nothing but he has a lot of work to do before he is wor- worthy of dating the normal person with common sense that is emma pillsbury
1: <laughs> yeah
0: anyway the next scene is will drive he drives somewhere and don't stop believing comes on the radio and he pulls over to, s- to the shoulder and he cries Yep. <laughs> that's it There's a lot of crying in this episode. The next scene is Rachel walking down the stairs and she looks sad. And then Finn, like, I think he runs around from behind her, but then he goes in front of her and stops when he's on a stair lower than her so they can be at somewhat of the same eye level.
1: (laughs) He's like three stairs below her.
0: Yeah, just so that they can be on the same eye level. And he's like, Rachel, I understand that you're sad right now, but we can't be sad because it's the big game i mean singing competition we have to be leaders and we both need to step up we have to be leaders because we're the main characters <laughs> yes and it's very cute because then she like puts her hands on his shoulders and is like not she doesn't say anything but they just like they have a very cute kiss and they have a little smile afterwards and i'm like okay so things that rachel varies into teamwork and musical talent and height and height but when, when you're as short as she is, that's everyone.
1: Literally, the bar is pretty low.
0: Exactly. Anyway, they go to walk into the choir room and they're like, Mr. Shu, we have something to tell you. And Will is like, no, I have a speech to make first. Sit down. Time for show choir nihilism.
1: Yeah, he's like, we're going to lose. Fuck you. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, us getting to where we did after all the bullshit we had to get through, that's pretty cool anyways. So let's sing Journey songs.
0: Yes. And he says, I just wrote this down verbatim. He says, I love you guys too much to not let you make the most of your time here. And it's like, I'm glad to see that Will Schuster is putting the kids first. Yes. Anyway, for once, we don't see like any prep going into the number beforehand. Will just walks into the auditorium at regionals and we get to see the introductions of the judges. Who do we have today, Tanner?
1: Well, according to my bad typing, because I was doing this on my phone very quickly and trying not to pause, we have Josh Grovan, (laughs) Olivia Newton-John, Rod Remington, and she.
0: (laughs) She, like him on the Powerpuff Girls. (laughs) If anyone out there listening does fan art, I would love fan art of that.
1: Yeah, I mean... Sue is nowhere near as cool as him, but I would love to see him in a tracksuit.
0: Yes. Him in a tracksuit, but with Sue Sylvester's hair.
1: Him just shows up in, like, the CW Powerpuff Girls reboot. You think this is hard?
0: (laughs) Oh, that would be fun.
1: Try being a transdimensional concept of evil. That's hard.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good. Anyway, I'd like to take a, a moment here to note that um, Sue Sylvester gets the most applause out of all four of the judges when they're introduced.
1: Yeah, and uh, you can see people in the audience holding up the C's like she sees it.
0: Ah, that's a little bit heartwarming in a, in a villainous way, I guess. Yeah, that's a little bit concerning. Yes. Ohio loves you, Sue Sylvester. Oh. Uh-huh. Anyway, time for the first performance of Regionals. What's the group's name?
1: Oral Intensity. Yep. Oral Christina, it's oral intensity. Yes, it's oral. Apparently, according to closed captions, it's spelled a u r a l. Yes, like an aura.
0: Yes, I think it's more so oral in the sense of like aud- like auditory. Oh yeah, that may also make sense.
1: Most of the uh, show choirs have terrible names. It is a bad sex pun. There's well, we already have the nude erections. Yes, we've a uh, vocal adrenaline isn't too bad. Then yeah, oral no. intensity. There's, I know in one season we're going to get a show choir called Throat Explosion.
0: Oh no. I feel like Ryan Murphy was just spitballing all of those when he was like four sheets to the wind one night.
1: <laughs> I mean, we're almost a year into a pandemic. I could use a Throat Explosion. Anyways, the the, the song that Oral Intensity sings is a, a mashup of an Olivia Newton-John song and a Josh Groban song.
0: Yes, it's You Raise Me Up and some song about like you are magic or something like that.
1: I think it's just called magic.
0: It's probably just called magic.
1: And yeah, the the new directions hear it over the intercom. The
0: privileged misfits.
1: The privileged misfits hear it over the I'm intercom. I'm not I'm
0: not gonna give that up.
1: <laughs> okay. Puck is like, those bastards they're doing yes. the mashup of the judges songs.
0: There's no way we'll
1: win now. He's mm-hmm. so passionate.
0: And everyone else is like <gasps> And then Will Schuster shows up and he turns off the speaker. And he's like, look, we can't listen to them and and freak ourselves out again. We already did the episode on funk. But it's okay, because we've all got something that everyone else doesn't. Finn's dancing! (laughs) Everyone else laughs, and even Brittany gets the joke before Finn. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, wait, what?
1: (laughs) I can dance when did this (laughs) happen?
0: So, like, in the behind the glee... For this episode, Corey was even like, someone told me that I improved. And it's like, well, yeah, I don't fall over things anymore unless I'm supposed to. (laughs) And I don't hit people anymore. And he then said, it's like if my dancing was a one at the beginning of the season, now I'm up to a (laughs) 2.5. And I'm like, oh, Corey. Corey!
1: Corey! So it starts off they've got Finn and Rachel uh, like in the entrance.
0: Mhm. They're going to walk in.
1: They're going to walk in the same way that Rachel walked in when she did uh Don't Rain on My Parade in Sectionals.
0: Yes. But really they're going to be going from the they're going to be going from the waiting lounge of a china garden into the auditorium.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and Rachel's like break a leg and Finn's like I love you.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I live. <laughs>
1: I can't tell if that was a victory screech or what.
0: It was a victory screech. The fin stay okay. stand his back, y'all.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
1: they get into Faithfully by Journey. Yes. It's fine. I just, I don't really like Faithfully, the song. It doesn't mm-hmm. spark joy. Also, at, at some point, Rachel's walking backwards and I was so terrified she was just going to trip over those heels. Those are tall heels. <laughs>
0: Gosh, that would have been funny to see. <laughs> I would kill for bloopers. wonder if there's bloopers anywhere.
1: Series finale, Rachel trips over her heels and they're like, Ah! disqualified
0: (laughs) i like this musical number a lot this was one of the ones that i had to watch twice it's a very soft finchel song and they have a lot of significant eye contact and they kind of like walk around and it's a lot of like oh i'm singing this with the person that i really like
1: explicitly heterosexual eye contact
0: (laughs) yes (laughs) fun fact at paley fest in 2015 Leah michelle said that this was her favorite song to sing on the show and you know what i can understand that this is this is a very fun song for me
1: my fun fact is that when they get to the stage you can see that they brought brad with them
0: yes brad's there he's got himself a red piano (laughs) i'm just glad that brad's here y'all
1: And so then everyone gets on stage and like the Mm -hmm. curtain opens the real, their vest, the choir, and they do some, Oh, oh, oh," backing vocals. Yes. First song. And then since it's a competition number, they just immediately go into the next song. And the next one is a mashup between any way you want it and love and touch and squeezing this, this is where it's at. (laughs)
0: This is a, this is also a good number. I, and I also listened to this number twice. My first note here is that there's the immediate ABBA effect or ABBA effect. Which is like, as soon as it starts, people are up in the up on their feet and clapping along and dancing and like woo
1: Except for Sue. Sue's just like Except for Sue. I am not moved by this.
0: Yes. And you remember how there was that jazz quintet from Cabaret back in episode like five? Yes. They're here too. Oh hey. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a very fun number. It's a mashup. And it's fun, and there's a part, the end, where they're like, Okay, everyone, just kind of ad-lib your dancing. And it's it's fun.
1: There, yeah, a bunch of people are voguing, and Puck does the robot. Mm-hmm. Also, um, during one of the parts where Rachel sings about how he's- She sings a line about love and touch and squeeze in another. She comes behind Finn and like f- actually feels him up, and Finn's like, Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Mailman! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Finn is on stage, disqualified. <laughs> I mean, I would I would disqualify them in that situation. Yeah. But like during the last couple of measures, Quinn's mom shows up in the audience. Yeah. She kind of like shuffles in like like, "Oh, I haven't missed anything, have I?" And like fun fact, Diana Agron apparently specifically rec- recorded vocals for the mashup, like backup oh, cool. vocals. But still Yeah, they rarely do that. We support. Usually it's just the
1: unnamed backing uh, vocalists. Diana was so much more invested in Quinn's character than, like, anyone else on the show. Yup! Jesse, wait, at some point we're gonna get, like... Diana's gonna write a one-act play that is thinly about, like, Quinn's life after the show ended, and she'll win a Tony.
0: Speaking this into the universe, if that happened, then you and I would have to travel to see it in person. Yes. <laughs> and depending on how late it would run, we would have to consider stage-dooring <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> Diana! Diana! Do you want to be on our podcast? <laughs> oh, I would do that. I mean, it'd be easier than trying to ask through Twitter.
1: Yeah. Anyways, then, naturally, for the file number... It's Do Not Stop Believing.
0: Mm-hmm. May I read my notes here from this number of verbatim?
1: Uh, go for it, because I didn't take any notes on Don't Stop Believing. I felt like it just kind of spoke for itself.
0: <laughs> okay, my notes here are Don't Stop Believing Regionals! Finn! Rachel! Puck! Santana! Artie, Mercedes into the keychain! Standing ovation and I got choked up! Finchel hug.
1: Kurt, in the full version that wasn't on the episode.
0: I did not hear that because I didn't have time to listen to the full version before we started recording.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he gets a few bars in the second verse that got cut when the song goes to air. Although they do a lot of Ooh. close-ups to Kurt during the song and dance. And so I feel like there might be an extended cut where they did have him performing his verses.
0: Oh, that would be fun. But yeah, it's a good number. I did get choked up. Because, like, look, they're doing the dang thing! They done didn't. They, they didn't stop the believing. Yes. And in the Behind the Glee, they uh they pull off some good old-fashioned emotional manipulation because they have Corey talking about how, like, oh, it was so cool that we started the season with Don't Stop Believing and then we ended it that same way. And they cut in a clip of, like, the five of them at the beginning of the season and then cut to them at the end, like, finishing the performance in front of the live audience they were recording with and i'm just like "Ah."
1: (laughs) and then everyone's cheering as they go backstage and tina's like Mm -hmm. we've got second place in the bag and then rachel's like screw that we are going to win this
0: yes she's like got tina's shoulders in a vice grip like we're going to win and
1: then as quinn passes by her mom shows up and she's like hey quinn you good
0: (laughs) and like it's a nice little moment here because as judy shows up and And Quinn is like, uh, you get to see, like, both Kurt and Santana kind of, like, stopping and be like, okay, what's going on here? Is she good? Okay, let's give them a moment.
1: We're gonna hang back in case you need us.
0: Yes. And then Judy drops a couple of bombshells on Quinn.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I left your dad. Well, actually, I kicked him out. He was having an affair with a lady who had tattoos.
0: Which was apparently a reference to Jesse James cheating on Sandra Bullock with Michelle McGee. I'm not sure who she is, but I'm assuming someone will find that relevant.
1: I don't know why. I mean, I I don't know why we get sucked into so many celebrity scandals, but why was that the big one of the time?
0: I don't remember. I wasn't conscious of pop culture in 2010.
1: Sandra Bullock is a perfectly fine actress, but she doesn't have that kind of, like, Hollywood aura that sucks you in, so I don't know why people even gave a shit about her personal life.
0: I don't know, man.
1: Anyways, uh, mom for Bray is so sorry that she was so bad to Quinn. Like, you come move back in with us and we'll turn the spare room into a nursery. I want to be your mom and be a grandmother or whatever's happening. Da 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 da.
0: Quinn kind of blue screens and then she's like, please say anything. And Quinn's like, uh, I'm pretty sure my water just broke. Because when you shake a soda up so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yep. Anyway, time for what might be my second least favorite staging in this season. Oh? Or editing, I guess.
1: <laughs> okay. It's a commercial break of right after Quinn's water breaks. And yes. then we come back and it's like, ladies and gentlemen, from Carmel High, please welcome the three or four or whatever in my time national champions Vocal Adrenaline! And then mm-hmm. they start the, is this the real life? Because they're bohemian a rhapsody. Yes,
0: they are. The part that made this scene so hard to parse for me was the fact they decided in editing to intercut this with Quinn giving birth.
1: Bohemian pregnancy.
0: Bohemian pregnancy. I was going to say, no, wait, that's just rent. But then I was like, no, they don't actually have pregnancies in rent.
1: Can you imagine? They couldn't fit it in with all the other bullshit.
0: Oh, God. I could not... I don't even know who they would have, unless it was, like, Mimi and Roger.
1: It would be Maureen. I guess. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that.
0: So how do you want to talk about this set of scenes? Would you like to finish out Vocal Adrenaline first, or... Do the baby or do them both at the same time?
1: We should do them both at the same time. I have to say, I love the sequence.
0: <laughs> I was not as much of a fan of it. I liked the scene separately. I think it was just very much so an editing choice.
1: I would think it was an inspired choice. Okay. Both editing and staging and all that. I think it was very good because... So when they start off, you you don't know that they're doing this. They start off and in it's just Bohemian Rhapsody and they're just doing the slow intro to start with. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jesse doing his solo and everything, and then, like, he walks over and he starts dramatically playing a piano as he gets into it. And it's not until, like, the second batch of mamas that you cut to the hospital with Quinn being rushed in, and you're like, oh, this is how it's happening.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And when Quinn is getting, like, rushed to the hospital, it's intercut at that point. I think that's the point where they're like, okay, let's just get her into a, into an operating room real quick, or into a delivery room, I guess. And she's like, okay, in the delivery room with me, I would like my mother and Puck, because he specifically asked to, and I also want Mercedes to be in the room with me. And Mercedes is like, yes, I will do this thing.
1: And then Never she just kind of hangs back and like, so now what?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, and then, yeah, it really is just like, Going back and forth between pregnancy and birthing scenes and Bohemian Rhapsody, I do like mm-hmm. how when they do the little high, little low, they keep with the song's thing of having it in separate channels. Even like even in the broadcast.
0: Oh, nice! I did not notice that. Yeah, I did notice, however, that during the vocal and adrenaline performance, they all look very sweaty, and someone gave the audience glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, look under your chair, everybody!
0: <laughs> it's a pack of glow sticks. For you to specifically wave during that moment when we know everyone would have had their cell phone camera flashlights out anyway.
1: Also, some of the dancing that they do looks like interpretive dance.
0: It's a very odd staging because it's a combination of lots of, like, big stunts and then, like, modern dance moves.
1: Yeah. Also, while, while watching this, I was just thinking about how if Jesse was a real teenager in real life he would be incredibly obnoxious. (laughs) And then I realized that I knew a few people like that in drama class. Now they did get better, but my point stands. There's a sequence that I refer to as synchronized lady hucking. Yes, yes. And it's like, so some of the girl dancers, they run up and then some guys catch their feet and raise them up, kind of like a a cheerleading thing. And then like do a push off so that they do like a bit of a fly and then they fall into a basket catch by some people behind them. And they do that three times. And then like the fourth measure of... Of whatever bar they're on, it's Quinn like falling into the bed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was good. They get into like the icy little silhouette of a man stuff, and then Quinn's like, Puck, do something! And then Puck is having his blue screen moment, and then she just starts going, You suck! You suck! You suck! You suck!
0: Yes, yes, which pleased me.
1: When they do the brisvila, I will not let you go, and then Custa to Quinn, Let me go! Let me go! No, 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 no. From both the choir and from Quinn.
0: Yeah, it's just a lot of yelling while Puck is just kind of standing there and Mercedes and Judy are trying to help her. <laughs> there's
1: a scene where Puck looks like under the under the covers and like <laughs> into Quinn's legs and he like comes away with a nasty expression. And I'm assuming that's the point where Quinn just started to poop.
0: I mean, yeah, either that or he was like, oh God, there's actually a baby down there.
1: Maybe both.
0: Maybe both.
1: Remember, it's a TV pregnancy, so everything is fine.
0: Yes, it's a TV pregnancy, so there's no blood, no sweat, just tears.
1: (laughs) Uh, They get to the Beelzebub part while everyone's headbanging. Actually, they're probably not headbanging, they're too professional, but they do do dancing. And it does, like, pan over to Rachel, because I guess Rachel just stayed behind to glare at Jesse?
0: No, that was the, the... We get to see Rachel just, like, surveying the competition. She's, like, she's there being their mole on the inside of the competition, and she sees that happen during the lines where nothing really matters. Anyone can see. Nothing really oh, okay. matters to me.
1: There's also, there's a few signs of like everyone else, like the rest of the Glee Club in the waiting room.
0: And Will. And Will, Will is Will. there well, too. Will part of the club. Yes.
1: Um, there's like, some people are just reading magazines. At one point you see Brittany like sitting and she must've like stuffed a cushion underneath her dress or something. And she's just like kind of mm-hmm. poking at it. It's like, is this what baby is? Is this baby? <laughs> Yep. But yeah, and then they finish up and the doctor's hand Quinn, her perfectly clean baby.
0: Yep, her perfectly clean two to three month old child. Yep. And Puck is like, oh god, this is what parental bonding feels like. The scene with Quinn getting to hold baby Beth is just so cute because like Mercedes is like, oh my god. And Judy's like, oh my god. And Quinn's like, oh, hi baby. And it's a very cute little moment. So fun trivia about the Bohemian Rhapsody. At least five people got injured during the performance. Oh, boy. Someone sprained their ankle. Someone got a concussion. Oof. Someone broke their finger. Someone whipped their head into the steady cam. Ow. And Jonathan Groff got cut by his partner's stiletto across his bicep. Ooh. Also, this is the longest song that Glee has ever done.
1: Yeah, because they do the whole thing. They do. They do the whole last song so that they can fit a pregnancy inside it.
0: Very true. So keep this in mind, listeners, that a baby can be delivered in this within the space of a queen song. Exactly. <laughs> After the whole vocal adrenaline performance and delivery is over, Rachel walks into Vocal Adrenaline's green room, and guess who's there? It's her mom, it's Shelby. And she says, Good job, even though we totally smoked you lamers. <laughs> And Shelby's like, okay, I guess. But then Rachel is like, you should come teach at McKinley. Because with the forces of you and Will Schuster combined, we would be unstoppable.
1: Yeah, think of everything you can teach me. Remember remember me, your daughter?
0: <laughs> yes. And Shelby's like, actually, I'm getting out of the game. I don't want glitz and glamour and pyrotechnics anymore. I want a house and a garden and a white picket fence and a dog and a... Pfft a family but not you (laughs) not you though and then rachel's like okay bye (laughs) shelby's like listen
1: i know you feel bad but i need to do a hundred percent completion family run
0: (laughs) but yeah shelby's like but okay where's the rest of your team and rachel's like uh they all went to the hospital because Gwen had her baby and she had a beautiful baby girl remember this
1: i mean you don't have to remember too hard
0: yeah you don't have to remember for too long it's fine
1: so now we get a scene of the judges deliberating uh so he- so mm-hmm. here's the rundown rod Remington fucked furry mercury olivia yes. liked oral intensity because of the uh, pandering yes josh liked new directions because they had heart he also asked if sue was single
0: <gasps> yep and also olivia newton john was like new directions had low production values and i'm like ma'am this is a show choir.
1: But she calls them a school for poor people. Yes. She also says that brunettes have no place in show business.
0: And I'm upset. And I am confused? I don't, I don't know. Bl- blonde superiority. Sue is actually insulted by the insults. Yes. Sue's, it's it's that thing where Sue's like, I'm the only one allowed to insult New Directions and Will Schuster.
1: Pretty much. She, she does say, you know, some kids don't have the same opportunities as others. And I'm here thinking, you know, Sue... They may have had more opportunities if you gave them some more money out of your cheerleading budget. Yep.
0: This is a big hero realization moment for Sue because it has finally come back to bite her in the ass.
1: Hey, Sue, maybe you should have redistributed the wealth. Yes. Marxist reading of Glee.
0: (laughs) I would read that. Anyway, then Olivia Newton-John reads to Sylvester for Filth and is like, you're a nothing, you're a nobody, you're never gonna be anything, because after this, Josh Groban and I are going back to Los Angeles, first class on a plane, and you're staying in Ohio.
1: And then Rod Remington says, you're a lot like New Directions. You're a privileged misfit with delusions of grandeur. And she's like, oh no. So then we get the naming of the awards. The, the awardsing of the naming ceremony.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, it's been a long season. Oral Intensity gets second place. And then Vocal Adrenaline wins.
0: Yes. My notes here are that it was very cute because the New Directions, aka the Privileged Misfits, were all like holding hands together on stage like, oh gosh, I hope we win!
1: Yeah, and then they don't. They didn't even place.
0: They didn't even place.
1: Even though arguably they did place? It was third?
0: Yeah, they they did place, but now they're like, oh no, we're all doomed. And my note here is, I wish Sue Sylvester would have pulled off a 2017 Oscars. Hmm. Like, the, the part where they were like, oh, hey, we actually read the wrong name on the card. The right movie won.
1: But they didn't know about that yet. <laughs>
0: yeah, but they didn't know about that yet. <laughs>
1: 2017 hadn't happened in 2010. That's not how time works yet.
0: Very true. But anyway, the privileged and misfit kids are just sitting there looking very sad as vocal adrenaline showboats. Like, I half expected, like, Jonathan Groff to be handed, like, a bottle of champagne and then to just, like, spray it everywhere. We're, like, tearing his shirt off and whooping it around like someone (laughs) at, like, a NASCAR rally.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And Rod hands them their piddly little third place trophy. And they're like, yeah, fine, Uh whatever. Yeah. And then it cuts to Quinn and Puck. We're still at the hospital, obviously. Quinn is already up and moving.
0: Yep, because it's a magic sitcom pregnancy.
1: Yep, Puck is like, Beth, the flat baby looks like you. Also, I love you. And Quinn's like, yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: and she's like, I don't know what to do about that. And then Shelby
1: comes up behind them.
0: (laughs) Yes, Shelby appears behind them and she's like, which child is yours? And Quinn is like, why the, who the fuck, why the fuck are you here?
1: (laughs) Oh, never mind. I recognize it. It's the flat one, isn't it?
0: I know here is a- Shelby's going to pull a fucking skin and steal this baby. <laughs> I would like to purchase your baby. Hello, I said I needed a family two scenes ago. I would <laughs> like to start with this child.
1: <laughs> Listen, you have a baby. H- I do not have a baby. Would you like to trade?
0: My <laughs> oh, God.
1: So after this weird fucking scene, Shelby's fucking weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, don't be sorry. You're not wrong.
1: Adina, you're giving it her all. But-
0: It's very strange vibes. It's like, <laughs> mm, which baby is yours? It'd be shame if someone uh, who's already a named character on the show was to adopt them.
1: I just see Ryan Murphy like writing the endgame of this whole plot. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking galaxy brain. It's just like- And, and you know what? I do kind of love it because it's such bullshit.
0: <laughs> it is very much so the kind of thing that Ryan Murphy would pull off.
1: It's so convenient- <laughs> <laughs> like, if, yes. this, if this was a normal show, we would have gotten, like, three episodes of Puck and Quinn, like, trying to find a family to adopt the baby out before, like, mm-hmm. and it still could have ended up with Beth. But, like, we would have had some kind of logic to this. But no, Shelby just shows up and is like, my baby now.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: I call dibs.
0: <laughs> she shows up at the hospital and I was like, dibs!
1: <laughs> I need to raise, I need to raise Glee Boruto. <laughs> Which is oh, listen, yeah. listen. I, I put a note in for this season. that's like, oh, <laughs> Qu- quoth Riley, "It's time for the Boruto moment." Oh
0: no, I have to tell I have to tell Riley literally right now that you just called Beth Glee Boruto.
1: I mean, I, I'm already writing the Glee Boruto fanfiction. That's right, I'm doing it again. I'm back on it. I edited the first episode to account for <laughs> Shelby being a fucking bizarre character. Good. So, anyways. According to my notes, the next scene is Emma having a screaming match with Diffins. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Diffins? It's it's Principal Diffins. (laughs) She's fighting with Figgins, and we don't uh, hear the words mainly because it's it's seen by Will from the outside of his glass office, and so you just see her Mm -hmm. tearing a strip off of him.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, "How could you let this happen to the Glee kids?" And then she she leaves the office, and Will is like, "Um, what just happened?" And she's like, "I'm just really upset that the kids are losing this because some things are worth fighting for." And Will is like, "Like you and me, Emma, we're worth fight. Are we worth fighting for?" And Emma's like, "No, this is about the kids, you numpty." And he's like, "But is it only about the kids?"
1: She's like, "No, it's th- I." Th- i'm sorry i find this scene very sus
0: yes it is it is very sus because he's like emma we're endgame. you know this to be true and then he kisses her without consent yeah it's very in the mm-hmm. middle of a school hallway during school hours figgins is right there figgins can see this happening
1: <laughs> retroactive disqualification
0: this kiss was unscripted and Brad literally told Matthew Morrison to do it right before they started filming because they wanted a genuine reaction from Mays, which is still kind of a scummy thing to do.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i down for method acting in certain parts and, like, surprising mm-hmm. the other actors in certain parts. Mm-hmm. But
0: Like, maybe during the episode where they were like, we're not gonna let... Diana and Corey know what musical number is coming up so they can be surprised when it happens.
1: Yeah, what they did in ballad. Or maybe do a thing where like, you don't tell the kids whether they're gonna win or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kissing especially, though, needs to be scripted.
0: Yes, it does.
1: There's, what are they? Uh, like, intimacy directors or something. Like, that? make sure hmm. that everything's on the up and up on set.
0: Interesting, okay.
1: I'm sure that's not the right term. It's intimacy something. Gotcha. Maybe it's intimacy coordinator. The point being, like... <laughs> If you're gonna kiss someone as part of a production, it should be part of the script. Or, or maybe I would be down with it if both Matthew and Jema were like, "What if we kissed during the scene and everyone else didn't know?" Like that would be cool. But if it's just Brad saying, "Hey, Matthew, you should kiss Jema," and then him going, "I don't like that." <laughs> That's a kissing noise.
0: Oh god! I mean, I wouldn't know, but yikes!
1: <laughs> Neither would I. It's been so long. <laughs> This parallelogram isn't helping matters. What? That's what we're doing now. We're not calling a pandemic anymore. We're using other P-words.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, um, thankfully, Rachel shows up to rescue Emma from the scene, but she says, Hey, Mr. Hsu, can you come to the auditorium, please? And he's like, Okay, Emma. Bye. And she's like, Uh... Yeah.
1: We don't have time to unpack that right now, she thinks.
0: Yes. And she's like, That's a note for me to talk about with my therapist.
1: Exactly. She doesn't have one yet.
0: She mentioned having
1: one yet. Oh, that's true. Anyways. Anyway. They're in the auditorium and the whole Glee club is there.
0: Kurt's in a sailor suit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With a hat. He's got his little hat and everything. And I'm like, oh, Kurt, you beautiful costume theater child. Yep. They
1: all talk about, like, how Glee has changed their lives over the year. Matt says, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year, I was just a football player. And I'm like, hey, Matt, you still are.
0: Yeah. And notably, that's Matt's second line ever. If you want, I can go through my screen caps and find specifically what everyone said at certain points in time.
1: Yes, good idea.
0: Okay. Oh, good news. I do have a screen cap of Shelby being like, Hello, I am here for baby. <laughs> oh, also, during the Will and Emma scene, he said that he loved her.
1: Yeah, sure you do.
0: Okay, so line by line, Matt said, In the beginning of this year, I was just another football player. And like, yes, Matt, that was literally what happened. Tina had a stutter. Mercedes was a closeted diva.
1: No, the Tina having a stutter thing is weird, because the reason she stopped doing it it was because Artie called her out for being ableist.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Her fake stutter. Yeah.
0: Quinn used to be captain of the Cheerios. Mike was afraid to dance outside of his room. Aww. Santana hated everyone in this club. Uh, so did Brittany.
1: Yeah, but the way Brittany says it is like, I, I couldn't think of a thing that changed, so I'm just gonna copy Santana.
0: Probably, yes. Kurt wasn't honest about who he was. Puck was tossing kids into dumpsters. Artie had never kissed a girl before. Rachel was getting slushied. And Finn didn't have a father! Someone he could look up to. Model himself after. Someone who could show him what it really meant to be a man.
1: And I would like to think that the whole time he's actually talking about Bert and Will is just projecting.
0: <laughs> I, I would love that. Because my my, note he- my thought here was, oh, well now Finn has two dads. He has Bert and he has Will. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He has one and a half dads at best.
0: Yeah, that's true. Bert's the whole. Will's the half dad. Yeah. And then Rachel says something to the effect of, like, we don't care what the judges say. We won because we had you as a teacher. And then Mercedes has the part about, glee will never end because we are glee.
1: And we're all minorities! No. <laughs> 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 um, no. But then the violins start up. And they sing To Serve With Love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you, I didn't cry this time, but I'm pretty sure I teared up when I was originally watching it.
0: hmm I teared up.
1: I feel like if they hadn't gotten renewed and this was the last episode of Glee, I would be fucking bawling. Me too. We have
0: a much shorter podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're moving on to Smash! I like this musical number because we get, like... It's not, like, a completely even division of, like, who's singing lead, but, like, Santana gets to sing lead, and so does Kurt, and so, and, like, Mercedes and Artie and Tina also get to sing lead. And I also watched this musical number twice.
1: (laughs) I'm looking up how they divvied out the solos and who has them.
0: In order, I had it down as Rachel, Mercedes, Kurt, Artie and Tina duetting, Mercedes and Finn duetting, Santana, and Kurt.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it's really good. I know this was my mom's servant song of the episode. I, that stuck in my head for a while. Yeah. I do have a clear memory of like us watching it, and my mom goes, They're doing it to serve with love! And she did a little clap.
0: Aww. I know i said this before, but Tanner, your mom's adorable. Yes. And notably, at the end of, like, by the end of the episode, we see Sue, like, standing in the doorway in the background.
1: End of the scene, not end of the episode. We're not quite there yet. Oh,
0: end of the scene. Yeah. At the end of the scene, she's standing there in the background, very clearly moved by them telling their teacher how much they appreciate him.
1: Yeah. And disappointed that she is moved.
0: You're disappointed?
1: No, she- it seems like she is disappointed in herself by the fact that she is moved.
0: Ah, uh, okay. I gotcha. Yes. Anyway, then we get to then cut to Will packing up the glee room. And Sue walks in and he's like, why are you here? She's like, mostly to gloat.
1: She walks in and she says, wow, it's as barren as me in here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Will is like, okay, look, at at least tell me one thing. Why didn't we beat oral intensity? Then she's like, I can't tell you that because of Judge's sacred oaths or something. But then we get to see that she did, in fact, put them first. On the ballot over vocal adrenaline and oral intensity.
1: Also, there. so I remember seeing a thing that was saying, so because it's, it's ranked choice voting, yes, show choirs have ranked choice voting before governments mm-hmm. do, but Sue puts uh, New Directions, then oral intensity, and then vocal adrenaline. And I saw a thing, like, trying to deduce other judges' votes, and they theorized that if Sue had put vocal adrenaline in second and oral intensity in third... Then it would have fudged the numbers just enough that New Directions would have placed actually. Really? Yeah. Huh. And it's like it's like assuming that Olivia put oral intensity first and Rod put vocal drone first and Josh Har- Josh I almost called him Josh Groban. Hartnett. What's his name? Groban. <laughs> Josh Groville put New Directions first as well. <laughs> and then the other ones put these choirs in this spot. Then potentially New Directions could have come in second instead.
0: But no, that's just how they had it go. It do be like that sometimes. And then Will is like, okay, well, guess what, Sue? You win, I lose. And the kids lose. But then she, like, corners him across the piano and she's like, but you know, if I win all the time, then I won't be able to neg you anymore. And that would be boring for me.
1: Yeah, so basically she declares that Glee gets one more year. Mm Mm-hmm. Because only she is allowed to destroy them.
0: Yes, only I am allowed to defeat you. And he's, like, clasping her hand and, like, shaking, like, You have no idea how grateful I am, and and this is gonna make the kids so happy. And she's like, Don't touch me.
1: Yeah, you can, you can tell that he's, like, extending the handshake for longer than it needs to just to fuck with her.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'd like to note that when... At the beginning of the scene, Will was like Oh, I should shake your hand, Sue And she's like, not unless you have Hand sanitizer (laughs) And I was like, dang 2021 mood (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, But yeah And so it uh, skips forward To like the next day where all the stuff Is back in the choir because Will is packing it up But I guess he spent all night unpacking it now And so the kids Mm -hmm. are sitting there all awkwardly Looking at Will and he's like We've got one more year And everyone's like, ah, we've been (laughs) renewed
0: It's very cute. They're all hugging and stuff. And it's lots of like, oh my god, we really got another year. And it's very fun. And then Bill's like, okay, I want all y'all to sit down. Because Rachel's like, okay, now we have to start practicing for next year's sectionals.
1: And like, no, Rachel, shut up. This is my turn now. It's my turn to be obnoxious and hug the spotlight.
0: It's my turn for me to sing Matthew Morrison's favorite song.
1: Eh, <laughs> uh, this was another eh uh, song.
0: Yeah, it's fine it's the song is somewhere over the rainbow um but specifically the version by israel it's
1: the ukulele cover
0: yes it's the ukulele cover he went by Iz professionally but i was trying to say his name correctly yeah
1: and he also has puck accompanying him on guitar yes and
0: notably puck taking the high harmony
1: which is nice
0: yeah
1: Ultimately, it just falls flat, mainly because this song doesn't have the same impact as To Serve With Love did.
0: Very true. Very true. Hell, it
1: doesn't even have the same impact as Leaving on a Jet Plane did in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And and if you remember, I was kind of underwhelmed by that song, too.
0: Yeah, so you're even more underwhelmed.
1: I'm double underwhelmed. Mm
0: -hmm. -underwhelmed. (laughs) Under-underwhelmed.
1: Yeah, I'm just sitting here like, is this really how they closed off the season? And then the credits rolled, because it was. Okay. Yeah. There's some good background moments. A lot of Glee clubs are like holding hands or giving each other moments. There's there's a scene where Quinn and Mercedes, like, reach out to each other, but Kurt's in the middle, so he just takes both their hands and, like, brings them together.
0: Mm-hmm. There was a very cute part where, like, the entire background of students, so, like, Quinn and Kurt and Mercedes...
1: And Mike was in there, too.
0: And Santana and Brittany, they were all doing, like, the hand they hula. They did some hula moves. <laughs> it was very cute, and I got a screenshot of it. And also in the scene, we see... <laughs> Congratulations, Shelby, plus one child to your inventory. Because <laughs> it, it it literally cuts to, like, the nurse saying, like, Okay, well, I guess all this paperwork is in order. My note here is just like, Shelby is the Faye Rumpelstiltskin who adopted Beth.
1: Baby restored.
0: <laughs> and then uh, we get a season cut to black on Will being happy. Okay, that's it. Yeah.
1: We're done. Goodbye.
0: Yeah. I think they should have cut it to black on like them telling everyone that they got another that they got another year of Glee Club.
1: Yeah, I don't even think we needed somewhere over the rainbow.
0: No, we didn't. It was fine.
1: It's perfectly fine. Yeah. It sure was a musical number.
0: <laughs> it sure was, wasn't it? Okay, you want some fun trivia?
1: Sure, let's hear some fun trivia.
0: So, this is the last time that the original 12 were ever in a, in the same musical number at the same time. Nice. And this is also the last time that Matt was ever in a competition.
1: Correct. He's fucking gone. Yes. But, spoilers for season two, but Matt gets fucking Thanos snapped.
0: <laughs> yep. This is the only finale to not at least partially be set in New York City. <laughs> Go, oh, dang, you're right. Beth's birthday is canonically June eighth of twenty ten.
1: No, it's not because no. Listen, all of the other uh, I know. S- regionals I happened know. in March. I know it is not canonical in June. Fuck you, what was going to happen? So were, was New Directions <laughs> going to win regionals and then have to stay over the summer? What what would happen? Oh, no. So so Jesse's a senior. Does he graduate and then compete in nationals?
0: He gets held back. All The time they do this for vocal adrenaline has been established.
1: Uh, no, because he already has a scholarship
0: to the University <laughs> of Los Angeles that's in Los Angeles. <laughs> I think the lack of a linear time has finally gotten to Tanner.
1: <laughs> I solved it. I solved the puzzle. And then Ryan Murphy walks in like, hur, 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 I think best to be born in June. Fuck off. <laughs>
0: tanner's gone feral i'm surprised it took them this long
1: the days of the month are very important to me
0: (laughs) um speaking of ryan murphy uh he specifically mentioned that if glee hadn't been renewed for future seasons he would have let them win at like the end of the year or at the end of the episode but because they got a second season he was like you're gonna lose so that you can try harder next time (laughs)
1: You know what? I'm gonna pin that statement onto a board and come back to it in about four seasons when I have another rant prepared.
0: Okay. Interesting. And yeah, I have one more quote, but I'm gonna finish out the episode with it.
1: Okay. Okay. Like you mean like at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Alright, so in that case, I guess it's time for us to pick our Gold Star songs. Yeah. You know, I'm I really am torn between it's mm-hmm. not for me it's not Don't Stop Believing. Like, it's good, but it wasn't the best. Actually, it probably, okay, maybe it was the best metrically, but, like, in my heart, I'm torn between Any Way You Want It, Love and Touch and squeezing, or To Serve with Love. Because To Serve with Love has all the heart. But Love and Touch and Squeezin' is, like, it has the most vibes of, like, a high school production. Like, that one seems like they're kids having fun on stage.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Which one are you going to do, Tanner?
1: I don't know. Which one do you want to do? Maybe we should divvy this up again. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm going to go for any way you want it. Love and touch and squeeze in. Okay. Because it was just so much fun.
1: Then I'm going to take to serve with love.
0: Sounds good. What's my gold star moment going to be? I think I'm going to pull back on an old staple and say that my my gold star for this one is, in fact, friendship.
1: <laughs> which you have used before.
0: Yes, which I have used before. Because it auto-fills in our spreadsheet now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> What's your gold star, Tater?
1: I think it is the Bohemian Rhapsody pregnancy compilation.
0: That's valid.
1: I think, because it may not have been my favorite musical number, but it was like my favorite scene. Mm-hmm. And, it would, and it wouldn't have hit the same if they had taken their pregnancy out.
0: I guess I could see that, yeah.
1: Okay, Christina, but what was the worst moment for you?
0: Uh, non-consensual kiss and non-consensual... Just moments of non-consent in the episode. Because then yeah. I can then encompass the Quinn and Puck scene and the unsuspecting kiss.
1: I agree with both of those. Like I I was kind of squicked out by all of the Will-Emma interactions this episode, honestly, because they're very Will kind of overstepping a lot of boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I want to specify the Quinn-Puck scene, just because it throws f- such a fucking wrench into things they do later and the fact that they they did it and they don't address it which means that they didn't think through the implications of the scene Uh uh-huh and i want to choose to not accept it because of other stuff that puck does down the line that be it that i don't want to be tinged by the fact that he may have sexually assaulted quinn and it's like we don't see any of either of them drinking the implica- there's an implication that they drank but we don't actually see them drinking we don't know how long it's been since they drank and we don't see Quinn drink anything on screen that's why it's very dubious. it's so up in the air I just want to like strike that scene from continuity
0: I would love to do that as well
1: so I don't have to sympathize with the character
0: so what, what are you going to have for your worst?
1: Uh, for my worst I'm going to say it is kind of double header but they're connected because it's the Puck-Quinn scene and the implications that were not thought out not not gotcha. thinking through the Puck Quinn scene.
0: No, that sounds good.
1: Like if it was just Quinn being unsure, and then Puck said, "It's fine. Like you, sex is fun and good and stuff." Then I could buy it because that's just teens being kind of stupid and you know the pressures of society. But mm-hmm. the, the the just the, the fact that alcohol is involved. Makes it so uncomfortable and does not mesh with even the entirety of what Glee is trying to be, and they don't even realize it. Really, that's the problem: is that they 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 didn't think the implications through.
0: Did I just put in our spreadsheet is everything with the Puck Quinn scene. How's yes. that sound?
1: That 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 cool. works. We'll know what we mean. Yes. <laughs> Let the record state <laughs> that Tanner says "fuck that shit."
0: Yes. So I guess that's a wrap on season one. Hey, Tanner, we did it.
1: We did it. Uh, cheers, but it's bad luck to toast with water. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Maybe uh. have a little bit left of this coconut juice.
0: See, I was going to say that I should have, like, I don't have anything drinkable. Up in my room besides my water cup right now. Okay. I, I feel like spiritually I should have gotten myself a smearing off ice for this episode, but I didn't <laughs> have time to go to the liquor store. Because I only keep quality liquor in this house.
1: <laughs> I mean, we're uh, in a few weeks we're going to be going into season two of Glee, so, you know, we're already dealing with bad luck.
0: Uh, yep. <laughs> Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we can work on getting there. We can also be found at LoserLikeMePod on Twitter and through LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. And if any of you are interested, we do have our own Discord server uh, with the other Corner Podcast Network shows like uh, The Home of the Home of Froyward OCs, Not If I Beat You First, and Faithful. And we should have a link to that Discord up on our Twitter. And if it's not there, it's on one of the other show's Twitters.
1: Uh, actually, here, here's the thing. Apparently, if you make a new link to share Discord, then all the old links die. Oh, yeah, so um, I'm going to try and like reconfigure that stuff to make sure that all the links on the Corner Pause Network show, so that's Faithful, Loser Like Me, Wayward OCs, and Not I But You First. I'm going to try and make sure that they're all sharing the same link, but in the event that it's not working, just like DM me, and yes, i you a Yes, DM link.
0: one of us and we can get you the invite. Yeah, if It'll the link fine.
1: on the main page isn't working, that means that I'll just send you a link because they're all going to keep dying. And Discord, that, Discord pretty good for most things, but that's one thing that's kind of a pain
0: yeah yeah um
1: but anyways hey hey speaking of contacting us
0: yes um, speaking of contacting us
1: so next week we're gonna do just some bloopers It's just gonna be a bloopers episode while we catch our breath and relax then we're gonna do some mm-hmm. season wrap-ups and one of the mm-hmm. things we were gonna talk about in season wrap-ups are some superlatives so if you want to send us in some suggested superlatives like who on the show was the the best team player Or who on the show is most likely to open a food truck after they graduate. You know, fun stuff Mm -hmm. like that.
0: Yeah. Or who on on the show is the most likely to become a TikTok star in the year 2020.
1: Yes. Is this, like, in real time or if Glee had taken place in 2020 instead?
0: Just anything.
1: (laughs) Apparently time isn't real. Ryan.
0: Time isn't real and hasn't been real since last March.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. That's that, That's the game plan for the next few weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. So don't worry. To quote Jame and we'll be back. Not like the Terminator, but more fun and lively. As in, a musical.
1: And three, two, one. And, and that's what, what you what missed, missed on Glee! On Glee. Just go, go ahead and grab a chair and it listen it now. now. As we rip the show, Tanner and Christina gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and cheese cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser
0: Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser like Me.